0: love Christ, honored music, don't you? <clears throat> I don't need rock and roll uh, to worship. I was recently in a service where they had a lot of contemporary music, it was a funeral service, and I tell you what, it didn't bring any comfort to my heart at all. And I tell you what, that kind of music speaks to my heart. That kind of music speaks to my heart. What a great message. A matter of fact, it'd make a good thing for our fall conference, uh, uh, Missions Revival. Every other year we have Brother Stenet Ballew and this year was his year not to be with us, and we got a great preacher, Brother Jim Roberts from India, and um, around the corner and around the world, that'd be a good, good thing. Y'all pray about that. Amen? All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11, uh, <clears throat> please, Mark chapter 11. And uh, y'all pray for me, I'm a little short of breath, and uh, I, all my friends are dying. I guess I'm getting, getting where I feel like I'm I'm heading that way, but. Really, what the truth of the matter is, I smoked too much yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> I was smoking all day, all yesterday, and uh, and that was pork and, and chicken and hot dogs for uh, get together, family get together. And I think I smoked too much. But anyway, that's the only kind of smoking your preacher will ever do. Maybe I ate too much. That's probably the problem. Amen. Praise God. It wasn't the smoking, it was the eating. Anyway, it's good when a cook can eat their own cooking. But anyway. Pray for me because sometimes when sinuses uh, kick in, you're not as loud as you want to be. I'm a loud preacher, amen? I'm not a soft-spoken preacher. Yesterday when Brother Petty was preaching, I said, he's a soft-spoken speaker. Y'all listen real close. But he did a great job on doing the best you can, doing the best you can. Brother uh, Stinted Blue had a favorite saying uh, that I'm going to try to uh, get and write it down and put up on the wall tonight about doing all you can, while you can, that when you cannot, you'll, you don't have to wish that you could have or something, amen, it's it's close to that, amen, he always had these favorite little colloquial sayings that uh, made a lot of sense, amen, that country preacher had a lot of wisdom, amen, a lot of wisdom, and a great gentleman, and I miss him already, I really do, I miss my friend, he was always calling me up and uh, seeing how I'm doing, and I appreciate that about him. Mark chapter 11, verse 27, deals with a situation that's going on today that hurts my soul. And that's the authority of Jesus. I could subtitle this message, Who Do You Think You Are? That's exactly what these Pharisees asked the Lord. Who do you think you are? Coming in here and cleaning our temple, coming in here and. throwing all the money changes out who do you think you are and so in chapter 12 he gives a parable that's a tactful preacher right there he just gave an earthly story with a heavenly meaning and said I'm the Lord of the vineyard and I'm coming to judge, (laughs) amen and folks I want to tell you something you need to repent of your sin because there's judgment I've seen it this week you can't live like you want to and think you're gonna live. Can I say that very discreetly and very and very respectfully for what happened this week? But you cannot live in sin and live long. It'll kill you. Drinking will kill you. It'll make you do things you'd never thought you'd do. Amen. That's right. I might as well just prelude the sermon with judgment's coming to sinners. Don't live in it. Repent of it. I understand all the word of God now that I've got your interest uh, you're probably heading to the door. but anyway, look at verse 27 of Mark chapter 11. The Bible says that it comes again to Jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple now he comes back to the temple where he just cleaned house and there come to him a chief priest and scribes and elders. I mean that's the big shots of the religion. And they said unto him, by what authority doest thou? These things. What things? He just cleaned house. And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one question. And answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. And uh, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves saying, if we say from heaven he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of men, they feared the people for all men counted John, that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said to Jesus, we cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said to them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. And he began to speak to them by parables. Sometimes we take the chapter headings and we just stop. By conjunction, the ju- conjunction here says, And he began to speak to them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it and digged a place, uh, built a tower, let it out to the husband and went into a far country. And at the season, he sent to the husband a servant that he might receive from the husband the fruit of the vineyard. And they called him and beat him and sent him away empty, And again he sent to them another servant and at him they cast stones and wounded him in his head and sent him away shamefully handled. And again he sent another, him they killed and many others beating some and killing some. And having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent them also last unto them saying they will reverence my son. But those husbands those farmers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the heritage shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. And shall uh, What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? And he shall come and destroy the husbandry, and will give the vineyard unto others. And have ye and, and have ye not yet read this scripture? The stone which the builder rejected is become the head of the corner. And then th- this was the Lord's doing, and it is a marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay on him, but feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they left him, and they went away. You may be seated as I preach on. Who do you think you are? Father, we love you, and we thank you for every breath, <clears throat> every heartbeat. Every day and every chance to stand and preach the Word of God uh, to our congregation that you've entrusted us with. God, thank you, dear God, for every person here. I know a lot of people carry heavy burdens, and a lot of people have been uh, through a tough week. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to see the importance of respecting the authority of God. God respecting the Lord of the vineyard, and that one day you're coming back, ready or not. God, you're coming back, and you're going to bring judgment. So, Lord, I pray if there's one that's not here, that's not here saved, that they're going to have to face you as judge if they don't get saved. I pray they get saved this morning. And God, one that maybe is playing around in sin, or maybe knows someone that's just. uh, not respecting you like they ought to by turning from sin. I pray this will be the day of repentance. And we'll thank you and praise you for using your powerful word to our needy hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The events of this takes place on Tuesday of the Passion Week. Jesus is making his way towards Calvary. But before he arrives there, he must deal with the sinfulness of the nation of Israel. And so he just cleaned house. He cast all those that were profaming the house of God by be- buying and selling and making the house of God a place of merchandise. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't sell tapes in the hallway. That doesn't mean that we can't uh, have some <clears throat> things that we sale out in the hallway. That's taking that out of context. What it was, these people were getting a cut, especially the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees, of all the people that were jacking up the prices for sacrifices, and then the money changers, they were jacking that price up. And so it was just a wicked money-making uh, deal in the house of God. And folks, now Jesus back in the temple. The men seem to have uh, a chance to discredit Jesus So they apparently come to him And they start questioning him in verse 27 And they really said literally in verse 27 and 28 and 29 <clears throat> Who do you think you are? Coming in here and, re- and destroying our religious merchandising And dis- and, 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 and who do you think you are uh, Saying that you, can't, you can turn up the, s- the tables upside down And throw out the money changers Who do you think you are? He didn't answer, but he asked a question, and this question was, what about John the Baptist? And and you know, when he started asking that question, I think sometimes we can teach powerful lessons, but just asking a question, like where are you? How'd you live this week? What'd you think about most of all this week? Penny for your thought. What's on your mind most of the week? Folks, that is very convicting. As a man thinketh, so is he And a lot of times we just try to click on our religion At the 11 o'clock hour Or the 10 o'clock hour And then if we really get spiritual We'll come back at 6 o'clock And then Wednesday we'll really get spiritual But I want to tell you something, friend This is more than just religion This is more than just church attendance I believe that Jesus ought to be our life And I believe that we ought to realize That he's all-powerful He's almighty God That he can save us, but he can also judge us and, folks, he has the right to do either one he wants to, any time he wants to. He's God. And there's nobody like him. And folks, we need to reverence him, but we need to respect him enough to live for him. <clears throat> and we need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And so, folks, he knew that he had them because if he said the power is of God, then they would say, well, why don't you worship him? And then they would say, hey, listen, um, if it's just John the Baptist, some people can't take it straight, John the Baptist, then I want to say this. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that respect him, and you say it's a man, then we have no answer, so they didn't answer the question. Folks, I want to tell you something. When you hear the Word of God, you got to answer the question. How are you living? Hey, what? where's your life? And folks, instead of a taking a stand, these men chose to be noncommittal, no answer, just religious. And folks, I want to tell you something. They were politically correct, but they were scripturally wrong. They were politically correct, but they were spiritually wrong. And so the Lord says, I'll tell you what I'll do. i gonna tell you a story. i gonna tell you a story about a vineyard. And I want to tell you a story about the Lord of the vineyard that went away and he gave these people All they had. Look at verse one. We see number one, the Lord of the vineyard and his goodness. You know, God's good. Amen. Not only is he righteous, not only is he God, and not only is he judge, but I'll just say God is good. I love that little chorus that we used to sing around the campfire, and it's not kumbaya, because I don't know that language. Amen. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Come by here, Lord, I think. I like that little chorus, God is so good. He is so good to me. I know that's not very uh, eloquent and it's not very deep, but God is good. He's really good. And if you look at his goodness, it'll draw you to repentance, amen. If you look at his goodness, you'll want to live for him. If you look at his goodness, you'll realize that God has given you everything. Every heartbeat, every breath, every ounce of money that you got sense enough to earn, God gave it to you. See, he's the lord of the vineyard because he owns the vineyard. And we're just the husbandry or the farmers, so to speak. We're the managers, not caretakers. That sounds a little dead. We're not uh, caretakers. We're managers. We are stewards. I used to think a steward was a Methodist deacon. No, a steward is a manager of what God's given you. Now, folks, I want to say this. God's given you many years. God's given you children. God's given you life. God's given you houses and homes, and God's given you so much you probably don't even realize how much you got. Hey, teenagers, God's given you that cell phone that you can't do without. Amen. Some of y'all going to have cricks in your necks, and you're going to have carpal tunnel in your thumbs. Amen. Uh, but I'll tell you this God's given you that. He's made you smart enough to run your smartphone. Amen. I can't figure it out. Amen. Praise God. But I'll try. And I'll tell you something, friend. There is no reason to miss appointment if you got Siri telling you everything you want. Amen. Hey, so Siri, remind me tomorrow to get up. Siri, remind me tomorrow to eat. No. Folks, I want to tell you something, friend. God's blessed you with a lot of things and a lot of good things. I use it for missions. Amen. I communicate with my dear daughter and uh, children, missionaries. But folks, God's been good. He's the Lord of the vineyard. Look at verse uh, one, it says and he began to speak with them by parables and a certain man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it digged a place for the wine fat built a tower and led it to the husbandry and went into a far country in other words there's the picture he said I'm going to give you a little story uh, so you understand it uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm letting you rent I'm letting you rent my farm I'm letting you take care of my farm I'll take a cut and usually got about 50% the landowner And folks, the vineyard in this parable is Israel. The servants come to him, they're the prophets. What did they do to him? They beat them and they killed them and they stoned them and they rejected them. And then to make a beautiful story short, uh, we see that um, they, Israel, uh, he finally sent his only son, his only beloved son, what did they do to him? They killed him so they could be their own owner. In other words, they said, I'm not just religious, I'm so self-righteous, I want to be my own God. If we kill him, we kill the son's, the owner's son, the lord of the vineyard's son, then we'll be our own owner and we'll be our own God. And that's the problem today. Everybody wants to be their own God. Say amen right there. But folks, he is God. You know, when the Lord was telling this story, I imagine they could look over his right shoulder and see the Mount of Olives. And folks, the reason it was the Mount of Olives is because it was covered with grapes, grapevines. Then they could probably look over his left shoulder if he was was standing in a certain place and there was the temple door and on the temple door was carved a huge, magnificent grapevine. And that grapevine was embellished with leaves of pure silver and pure gold. The grapes that hang down were precious jewels and often a wealthy Jew would come along uh, with an, uh, and, and place and add an expensive leaf or a precious stone to make that door of that temple so garnished. But what was the picture? It was a grapevine. And so folks, the Jewish leaders had no doubt what he was talking about. He was talking about them, the nation of Israel, being the grapevine. And in Isaiah 4, 5, verse 4, he called them wild grapes. In other words, they produce their own goods and their own goodness. And folks, I want to tell you something. In Psalm 73, verse 1, the Bible says, truly God is good to Israel. And God has been good to Israel. But Israel rejected God. And today they're paying for it. And folks, I want you to know, God's been good not only to Israel, God's been good to you. Somebody look up here and say amen to God's been good to you. I want to ask you a question. Has God ever answered one of your prayers? He's been good to you. I like that second verse of that little old Kumbaya campfire song. He answers prayer. He, and we'd have all the youth singing, we'd play on guitar. I remember those days, many hairs ago, when I was a youth pastor. Amen. And folks, we'd just sing, God is so good, but the second verse was, He answers prayer. And then we'd get to the last verse, Brother Randy would be, He's coming soon. <laughs> Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something, He's good, He's been real good, and folks, He's coming, but I want to tell you something, if you're not right with God, He's coming as your judge, not your Savior. He loves us unconditionally. He meets every one of our needs. God is so good. God is so good. Even though sometimes we don't even acknowledge Him, everything that hath breath, the Bible says, praise ye the Lord. I want to say this. He's been good to lost people. Amen. You live in America. You've eaten a good meal this week, probably. Say amen. You've, You've had health and strength. Who are you to shake your fist at a living God and the creator and the sustainer of all life and say, I don't need you. He's been good to you. He's been good. God's been good to the lost. And that's why the Bible says in Psalms 150, verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. If you'll breathe in today, you ought to praise God while you have opportunity. Number two. We see the Lord of the vineyard and His grace. We see, number one, the Lord of the vineyard and His goodness. But I see His grace. Look at verse 2. It says, At the season He sent to the husband uh, uh, the uh, the servant that he might receive from the husband husband of the fruit of the vineyard. Look at verse 3. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away. Oh, what a picture. I I love the way the Lord uses parables because a dummy like me can understand it. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You get the story. The story is this. God, over the years, has sent prophets and preachers to you and to the nation of Israel. And folks, you can just spell it one word. Grace. The owner loves you. He loves you so much that he sent people to you. Look at verse 3. It says, And they caught him and beat him and sent him away. Empty. How many times... Have you rejected the message of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Look at verse 5. And again, he sent another to him, and they killed him, many others beating some and killing some. Folks, over and over and over again, God has sent his servants to say, Hey, God's good. God loves you. And what you have is his. So pay up. (laughs) Amen. You don't have to pay everything. Just pay up. Give your life to God. The infinite grace of God sent judges, prophets, holy men of God, led him back to His people over and over again. And Israel yet refused to hear His message. And they're still looking for Him to come. And He's already come. He's coming again, Israel. Hey, uh, God's been good to the nation of Israel and thank God we have a president that honors Israel. I don't know exactly why he does, but I'm glad he does. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something, there's a curse for anybody that mistreats Israel. And God has ca- uh, called Israel and they keep rejecting him and rejecting him and rejecting him. God has given men a witness, Folks, he gives us a witness all around us. Psalms 19, verse 1 through 4 says, even nature witnesses how great God he is. Hey friend, if you can't believe there's a God and you live in North Georgia. Something's wrong with you. You can't see out of one eye and, you're, and you can't hear either. Amen? God, help us to realize how beautiful this place is. I love it. I love the green mountains and the trees and the, and the valleys and the mountaintops and and this beautiful area we live in. Folks, that's the goodness of God. To live in America, that's the goodness of God. I've been to third world countries, and right now we have some missionaries in Macedonia who's had a terrible accident, and they can't even give their names because probably because of that accident, that car accident, they're in jail, their lives are at stake, they can spend the rest of their life in jail, because I'm going to tell you something, nations don't honor God's people, God's men, God's missionaries. They won't even tell the board who they are. It's such a tense situation. You have a simple car accident they lock you up and call you to, to, uh, to make restitution for the family and if you can't, they just put you in jail. And folks, our missionaries face that every day. Why? Because they're going to a people that do not care about God. And they're putting their lives in harm's way and even their freedom to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Folks, God's witness is within us. His Spirit. He's not willing that any should perish. Religious leaders, as most Christ rejectors say, do, they, they don't want to be submissive to God. And they say, who do you think you are? had a lady one time walk out on one of our couples retreat because she didn't want to hear a message on submission. And her marriage is a wreck right now. And until she submits to her God-given authority, her life's going to be a wreck. That's right. Submission frees you, ladies. It don't bind you up. And it also challenges your spiritual leader to be the man of God he ought to be, Amen. Submission's not slavery. Submission is liberty. being God's will. And folks, here's men saying, "Hey, who do you think you are? <clears throat> who do you think you are telling me to submit? Well, I'll tell you who he is. He's the Lord of the Vineyard. He's given you everything you got. He's blessed you. Your mama let you live. Say Amen. A lot of mamas in America are not letting people live. And I want to tell you something, I just want to get this off my chest real quick. Netflix and Disney World can leave Georgia and never come back. You hear me? Thank God we got a governor that had enough guts to stand for the unborn. And if Hollywood wants to protest and hold us at ransom, let them do it. But I want to tell you something, friend, they're going to have to answer to God because he's the God that created those babies, and he's the God that will defend them And folks, that stuff's going down the tubes if they stand against life. You say, that's politics. No, that's scripture. Don't you look at me and say, I shouldn't keep politics out of the pulpit. That's scripture in the pulpit. Life begins at conception. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it clearly. The only reason you're here is God. Your mama let you live, but God let you live. God gave you life. God gave you breath. God allowed you to go through that surgery and make it. God healed you of cancer. God's given you mercy in the midst of it. God's good. But God is graceful. And God is merciful. And folks, I want you to know that they rejected the Son, so they rejected the Father. Romans 8, 17 says we're joint heirs with Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that we have all the riches of God in Christ. Say amen. The Bible says he's come to give us life and life more abundant. But the thief has come to steal and to kill. Now I've seen that today and this week. How the devil kills people. Kills their testimony. Kills their life. John 10, 28 says he gives us eternal life. It's amazing grace that keep, should keep us seeking, calling, and loving, and drawing close to God's side. Praise God for the grace of God. I never get tired of the old song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Number three, in closing, the Lord of the vineyard and His glory. I see the Lord in the vineyard and His goodness. I see the Lord in the vineyard in His grace. But then I see His glory in verse 9. It says, "What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandry. and he will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read this scripture, verse 10, Mark 12, you with me? The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. This was the Lord's doing and it is a marvelous and, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Folks we see the lord of the vineyard Is left with no choice Verse 9 The landowners has tried to work with the farmers Time and time again But they refuse to listen to him in this story Now because They have rejected his servants Killed him Even took his son and killed him He has only one choice They rejected John the Baptist. They even beheaded him and killed him. Now they in their hearts to destroy the very Son of God. God sends His final messenger, His Son. Folks, when they rejected Him, they were saying no to God for the very last time, that generation, those scribes. There's nothing left but the Lord of glory to judge. And in a few short years, the grapes on that beautiful decorative door will be mowed to the ground by invaders. The temple will be destroyed. Jerusalem will be destroyed and torn asunder. And judgment will come. But folks, more indeed and more catastrophic, one day the Lord's going to come. The God of grace is going to come. And if you don't know the Lord and accepted His Son and been saved by the grace of God, you'll face Him, not as Savior, but as Judge. Judge. One day we'll stand before Christ. And this is my question. Will He be your Savior? Or will He be your Judge? He changes the story and says, Hey, Jesus is the cornerstone, and you have rejected the very cornerstone. That's the foundation. That makes the building square. That makes everything go right. And why did they hate him? Why did they kill him? Because of his holiness and his word exposed their sin. You know why people quit going to church? They don't like old fashioned preaching that exposes sin. You know why people flock to the gatherings that are nice and happy and free and no sin is preached against? The Bible's not preached because there's all kinds of versions that leave out the Word of God because they don't want their sin to be exposed. Folks, the greatest friend you'll ever have is an old-fashioned preacher like Brother Stenet Ballou that'll preach straight. One time a lady was in the kitchen with a couple of our younger ladies she said, "I ain't going in there to hear that brother Stinted Blue. I'm not going to listen to him because he tells me how I have to live. And it was it was very, very disgruntled, very disrespectful. And I'm going to tell you something. That lady's no longer in this church. You better watch out talking about the man of God. And you better watch out about talking about a man of God that preaches it straight and preaches the Word of God, because there could be judgment upon your life." Yeah, you can go out and find a good party. You can go out and find a good church where there's nothing preached. But Folks, the best thing you could ever do is listen to the servants and the prophets that come and say, receive His goodness, receive His grace, or face Him as judge. What a wonderful parable. What a great story. What a, what a picture. Jesus didn't argue back with him. He asked him a question. And then he gave them illustration, and They had no place to stand. You know, Matthew even added to that uh, he, in, in that parable in Matthew 21 verse 44 what he said was this he said he said and whatsoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken but whosoever whomsoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder. He says, you can fall upon the cornerstone and you'll be broken. In other words, you'll have conviction, but it'll help you get back up and live by the grace of God. Or you can reject the cornerstone. It'll fall on you. It'll grind you to powder. My heart's broken this morning. It's been a tough week. I've seen parents that are totally torn apart because of an untimely death and folks I want to tell you something you can even be saved and go back to the world and go back to the partying and it will grind you to powder and you'll feel like there's no reason to even live and the devil will blindside you and con you and destroy what's left of your life on this earth So you know what you need to do? Never get over the goodness of God. Never get over the grace of God. And never, never think that you're your own God and that you can live your own life and that you can enjoy your sin for a season and get away with it. What you need to do is fall on his knees and say, dear God, you're my cornerstone. You're my foundation. And you're my Lord, and you've given me everything. And I submit to thee as the Lord, the authority of my life. God's good. God's gracious. But God is glorious. He is God. Who do you think you are, Jesus? I'll tell you who he was and who he is and who he always will be. He's Lord. He's Lord. And there's nobody that has the right and the authority like he has over your life. And you ought to gladly give your life to Jesus. Gladly turn from sin. And gladly turn from this world and follow him. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Dear God, it seems like there's a holy hush in my heart today. I hope I never get used to seeing young people die prematurely. I hope I never get used to seeing people reject the man of God that comes and preaches and the power of God and the word of God. God, help us to receive you. Help us, God, to adore you. And help us, dear God, to realize you're good. You're just good. You're so good to me. Been so good to my family. And God, you've been so gracious. As an 11-and-a-half-year-old son of a drunk with nothing to offer anybody. God, you sent your word to me preacher priest on hell I got on a conviction been on a conviction many many years because of godly Sunday school teachers that you sent to me and my mother had enough conviction to make sure I was under their sound doctrine and their good example and God you were gracious and you saved me at a very early age I didn't have to go through the teenage years being a rebellious punk, but God being a servant of God. And so, Lord, you're good, you're gracious, but you're glorious, and you have every right to tell us everything that we need to do with our vineyard, because, Lord, you're the Lord of the vineyard. We love you, we appreciate you, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and for who you are.